Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence, Podcast 256, as we take a deep dive into the world's biggest subconscious trigger zone. Hope everyone's doing well, having a great week. I just got back from Denver, the mile-high city. Not only because of the altitude and it's a mile high, but a lot of people were high. (laughs) Marijuana is legal there. Not sure how that's affecting the city, but you could see a lot of people using, and I thought it was quite interesting. Just have to do some research to see if those people are more influential or less influential under the influence. My gut would say more. And we had a great three-day event out there talking to some new managers that are becoming leaders. Because in business, you are hired to be an individual contributor. If you're good at that, become a manager. Then if you're a good manager, become a manager of managers, which means you need leadership skills. But we all agree that you need leadership skills as an individual contributor, as a manager, and as you grow in the workplace. Even the concept of self-leadership is huge because if you cannot lead yourself, you cannot lead other people. So shout out to those in Denver. We had a great time, had some great experiences, learned some great material. So with that, let's dive into some great content. Let's start with the Blinja. Now, what the Blinja is, if you don't know, if you're new to the show, well, first of all, welcome. But the Blinja is the combination of a ninja persuader versus a persuader that uses blunders. And this happened to be in Denver. I usually take whatever's faster. So right out of the airport, there was taxis. So I grabbed a taxi. And of course, reluctant to put my suitcase in the trunk. The taxi was not clean. They were complaining about Uber the whole way. And I refused to turn on the air conditioner because it takes a little more gas. You know, I still tipped him a little bit, but I thought about that experience and wasn't a very good one. So when the seminar came to an end, I needed a ride to the airport. I was in downtown Denver and I decided to take an Uber X. Very polite, very clean car, helped with my luggage, gave me water. We had a pleasant conversation, but he could sense when he knew it was time to shut up when I needed to get some things done. And it was cheaper. <laughs> so, taxi drivers, you could be upset, but when you have competition that is cheaper, more polite, and I get a bottle of water, that becomes a no-brainer. So, that is your Blinja of the week. Image, customer service, caring, very important for those that are in the service industries. Let's get to our geeky article. Which may be not so geeky, but I think very interesting. This was sent to me from Sarah. Thank you. In our listener email. And for those who want to contact me, it's Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You could also go there to find your Persuasion IQ test, additional products and services, ways to contact me, and ways to download the show. So this was done by eStately.com. So did a little research to find out 
about each state. And each state has a number one how-to question that they Google every month. And so they mapped out the United States to find out what are they Googling in each state? What do they want to know? California, how to spot a narcissist. No surprise that Alaska is how to fish. Interesting that Oregon is how to make floral arrangements. Not sure why Nevada's top how-to Google was how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Little concerned about Montana when it's how to hard-boil eggs. That should be a no-brainer. Concerned about our friends in New Mexico, so there was how to ask a girl out. Friends in North Dakota, maybe they don't like it theirs. So there was how to get a passport. South Dakota was how to make slime. I'm not sure why the people in Kansas, there was how to find Kansas. I'm really concerned about our friends in Texas. Go there quite a bit. Their top how-to Google is how to sell your soul. Hmm, not sure what that means. Kentucky was how to talk dirty. Pennsylvania was how to defeat ISIS. Really concerned about our friends in Vermont. They have too much time on their hands. There was how to tip cows. Really concerned with our friends in Delaware was how to get away with murder. <laughs> yeah, uh, people are tracking these searches, people, so be careful with that. And finally, our friends in West Virginia want to know how to delete Facebook. Some interesting facts at eStately.com. I'll put that link and our podcast material on MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Check that out. Interesting how each state has their most popular how-to Google search. And Vegas is an interesting place. Either love it or you hate it, or maybe a little bit of both. But on a psychological level, it is a fascinating place. This is a subconscious trigger war zone. The research on you and human behavior and how much money you're going to lose and how they can distract you and even win more money. I've consulted with Concedos before and they know when you walk in that door how much money they're going to win from you. And they know exactly what they're doing. So I thought it'd be fun to go down the top 10 subconscious triggers you find in Las Vegas. Now let me remind you, if you've been an avid listener, you already know this, that up to 95% of influence involves a subconscious trigger, which is a feeling. I like them, I don't like them, I trust them, I don't trust them, I'm going to do it, I'm not going to do it. can be colors, can be smells, can be lights, can be how close you're standing, could be a gesture, could be a word choice, could be a symbol, could be a variety of things. So let's have some fun with this and go down the list of top 10 subconscious triggers you're going to find in Vegas. And maybe they're not really in a particular order, but let's go through at least 10 of them. The first one is colors, especially the colors on the carpet. Casino carpets are wild. They have strange patterns. They have clashing colors because A, it does hide any stains from spilled food and drink. But these are designed to be ugly carpets so you cannot stare at them. It shocks your eyes and you focus on what's important, which is gambling. Look at other people winning and not looking down. Even the colors of the walls are designed to give you a safe, comfortable feeling that you're home, that you're calm, that you're relaxed, that there's no reason to leave. Number two, and there's a fight over this, there's some denial, and there's some people that claim it's true, is casinos tend to pump in additional oxygen. Research shows that higher levels of oxygen keep us awake, alert, 
And that sleepy gamblers might feel like they need to go home, take a nap, leave the casino. So rumor has it, again, this could be fact or fiction. Most of it looks like it's fact. They pump an additional oxygen from pressurized tanks so the gamblers feel refreshed and awake and have more energy. There's also been some reports that they release pheromones into the air that promote feelings of comfort and relaxation. Believe it or not, it makes sense. I've also heard that when it rains outside, they filter the smell of the air because sometimes people like to go outside after it rains. Isn't that an interesting subconscious trigger? The third, constant light and noises. You know, everyone likes a party, and at this party in Vegas, when you go inside, there's bright lights, there's flashing lights, and when you see bright flashing lights, something's got to be important. There's colors sparkling everywhere. But what is it really communicating? Not only grabbing your attention and indicating a great party, but it's also telling you that everyone's winning and it's your time to win, and you think with all those lights that everyone is winning when they're probably not. The other thing about the lights in the casino, the overall average lights is always the same. It's kind of quaint. It's comfortable. Maybe some say even a little homey when you get in there, and it's constant. It's always the same unless you're near a door. As we talk about noises, you got to talk about the background music. Now, the main thing with the music, there's really no defined beginning or end to grab your attention or to become more aware of where you're at. It's a constant loop of mild music. It's not really sharp. It's just basic. There's none of that pulsing bass that gets people to a trance-like state. Music is powerful. We know in supermarkets, and we've talked about this before, that supermarkets play slower music, so people shop 18% longer versus fast food restaurants. It's usually fast. They've got your money. We need your seat. Hurry up and eat. So that's the trigger of lights, noises, and music. Number four, and you'll find this in Maximum Influence, the law of obligation and reciprocity, freebies, discounts, comps, coupons. Players often get the free meals, the shows, the point cards. It keeps them coming back. They feel important. And even if they lose, they feel like they've gained something and they're more likely to return. Because if you know anything about casinos, most of the money's made by the small gamblers, not your big whales, as they call them. Even if somebody's winning, they comp them a nice suite because they want to keep them there to keep them gambling. Because statistically speaking, they're going to lose sometime. Number five is the smell or the aroma. Casinos call it sensory marketing. It keeps gamblers happy. These pleasant smells that were sprayed on certain areas of the slot machine and, well, I'm not going to name names of which casinos, but revenue from these machines was 45% higher than revenue from the odorless machines. We know that our olfactory system goes right to the center of our brain and we can smell something and be tense, uneasy, mad, comfortable, relaxed, happy, sad. This is a real science that we're just really starting to understand but smells can trigger trust, distrust. It is a real subconscious trigger, and you need to be aware about it. Six is an interesting one, the near miss. We almost won. We could have won. There's a little hope still on the table. That's true at the casinos. Just when you got second place, 
You were so close to first place, you want another shot at it. It's one of those things in human nature that just comes back time and time again. And when you get to that slot machine, and you were so close, and you were just one off. They almost lined up, and you want another shot at it. Those same slot machines are designed to give you little payouts a little bit at a time. Takes them a little longer to win your money, but you have more fun, and you put in more money. Because players always overestimate their chances of winning, and what near wins do is that's what keeps their brain in the game because they're almost there, they're so close. It's called a gambler's fallacy. Meaning if you were playing roulette and you had seven blacks in a row, the next one's got to be red. No, you still have a 50-50 chance of being black or red, but the brain doesn't think that way. Number seven, you know this one, no clocks. Even your dealers, most of them will not wear watches. They don't want you to know what time it is. Do you need to go to bed? Do you need to leave? Do you have an appointment? Is it light? Is it dark? Have you been there 10 minutes? Have you been there 10 hours? There's no way to know unless you have your own clock. In fact, there's some laws in the casinos in England saying that players must be aware of how much time they have spent gambling and the casino must encourage them to take breaks. That is the same reason you don't see many windows. Unless you're near an entrance or maybe an exit. Again, they don't want you to know if it's getting dark or light. And your eternal clock is going to be off a little bit because you're probably on vacation. And there's so many subconscious triggers going on, you're losing track of time and reality. Number eight, and this is the one that drives me the nuts. Location of all the services. If you need to eat... You need a restroom, you want to cash out your chips, you need information, you need an ATM. You have to dive deeper to the center of the casino. Of course, this is an effort to keep you inside. And the other reason is everything you need is in a casino. There's never, ever a reason to leave a casino. Everything you need is right there. Same reason at supermarkets, the milk's in the back, so you have to go all the way to the back, past the aisles to buy more things. And part of that, they make it so easy to get in and so hard to get out. In fact, I'm in Caesars Palace right now in Las Vegas. They have these long escalators that go in to Caesars Palace, and it's so easy to get in. But you try to get out, you feel like a trapped animal. It's very difficult to find a way out. Number nine is food and drinks. Now, the goal of the casino is to keep you there, to keep you gambling. Hungry people might stop to gamble, and sober people might make good decisions. <laughs> so they want to pay for you food to keep you there, to create a little reciprocity that we talked before. But even worse, the alcohol starts to flow. You don't think it's affecting you or bothering you, but people do get sloppy. Your brain slows down. You lose your ability to make good decisions, and gamblers get more liberal with their money when they start to drink. And number 10, the place is like a maze. Like I bet you before, you don't know how to get out. But even worse, it's a confusing layout. There's strange angles. There's no straight shots. There's only curves. It's very disorienting. It's hard to find landmarks. You get lost. And eventually, they're hoping, and they have found out, that people start to gamble. There is no logical arrangement. It's logical to them, but it's not logical to you and the end result is confusion, not sure where to go, spending more time there. And just like anything, from a supermarket to a mall to a casino, the more time you spend there, 
statistically speaking, the more you're going to buy and or gamble. And a final bonus, and I just thought about this as I was recording this podcast, and I haven't seen any research on it, but it makes perfect sense as a association trigger, are the poker chips or the chips. You don't play blackjack with 20s or 100s or 50s. You exchange those for chips with the same domination on them. And I would predict it's much easier to throw in a $100 chip than pull a $100 bill out of your pocket and put it in the middle. Just saying, just thinking, that is your bonus subconscious trigger of the day. So beware, as a persuader, you got to learn how these are being used against you, but understand how you can use these in an honest, ethical way. Association triggers can be a powerful thing that you can use to your benefit when you really understand the human brain, the monkey brain, the amygdala, the caveman brain, your subconscious triggers, whatever you want to call it. Every piece of persuasion that ever happens is tainted with a little emotion, a subconscious trigger, and you need to be aware of what they are. In fact, if you want more information on subconscious triggers, they're in my book, Maximum Influence, and it's free. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. That's at lawsofinfluence.com. Remember, we're on YouTube and Spotify and Facebook under Maximize Your Influence. Visit us there, like us there, recommend us to your friends, family, and even enemies. Appreciate you being here. Hopefully, this is great content that you can use right now to understand human nature and have the ability to go out and persuade with power.